2: It's the energy and the posture of a dominant man. You Absolutely. don't have to say I'm a dominant when you walk in right. the room. I'm like uh, right.
3: well if you really look at the context of a dominant and a sub, that is supposed to be a connection that if nurtured correctly mm-hmm. never ends. It never ends. <laughs> so, if you're doing if you're doing what you're doing I believe it correctly, you have a beautiful beautiful experience.
2: I'm not catching the vibe, but when. And
3: if he's doing his job, if he's doing his job as your dominant, you never should. Right.
2: Exactly.
3: You should be right. absolutely insulated from any negativity and if your dominant is on his game. There's certain things we can do, certain things we won't. Like you can come on my face, but don't spit in my mouth. Right. You know, right. you can. And if you're going to come on my face, warn me so I can close my eyes. I'm not trying to become Helen Keller. Yeah. So right. you want to make sure that- Don't get it in my
2: eyelashes. There. I paid for these.
3: Start out with using a butt plug. Use a small one, then go to a big one. And I'll let you do it on your own. And then once she's like, you know, she's got like the softball size one that's going in there. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, yeah, because you do graduate. Like, they do yeah, get don't, bigger.
0: You, absolutely. Don't, don't absolutely. challenge, don't challenge. Do not do yeah. not challenge Layla, please. And then, you know- once I've had get one there, get
2: lost in my ass because the stem was too small. I needed to get out of that room and reflect and like process what the fuck just happened. <laughs> yeah. anyway. He
3: took you to a completely different plane. Oh, right, totally. completely different plane.
2: All right, everybody, well, welcome to the Curious Girl Diaries podcast. I am Layla. I am super, super excited tonight, guys. I have two guests on, not one, but two. So I had I've been listening to, you guys all know Sir Inc., my friend Sir Inc., he's been on the podcast many times. I was listening to a podcast that he did with another dominant, and I'm just telling you something, guys, it was two hours of eargasms. I literally had the wettest panties on the world, because it was so cool to listen to these two men talk. It was really, honestly, the first time, guys, I'd heard men real men talking about being men. And I was just like, Oh God, it was so cool. I loved every second of it. And of course, after I finished listening, actually before I finished listening about probably five minutes into it, i had already decided I was going to reach out to Sir Inc. and have his guest on with both of them so that I could sort of recreate that conversation as best I could for you guys, my listeners, because you know how much I love you so much. So without further ado, let me welcome on Wolf to the show. Welcome to the curious Thank you. Thank you. And of course, Sir Inc.
0: Yeah, we're yeah. back.
2: Yes, you are. Okay. Let's jump right in, guys, because I have about, oh, about 12 questions for you, but I, and I'll just we'll just go back and forth. They're really for both of you. So I just really want to pull out, I guess, the essence of a man. That's really my goal for this conversation, just to let people know all the things I love about what I loved about listening to the podcast I heard. Okay, so let's start with a little bit of background. How did you get started in BDSM?
3: So back around the time where they invented the wheel, um, (laughs) I, uh, I, I was introduced to the lifestyle by a female dominant who I was introduced to at a party. It was a random introduction. There was something about her and something about myself that both of us kind of picked up on mutually. Towards the end of the night, she kind of just started talking to me and asking me certain questions. And she said, you have a certain type of personality. And I think that I might have something to be interested in. I was like, okay, young guy.
2: What'd you think that was? was?
3: (laughs) I had no idea, but she was drop dead gorgeous. Yeah. She was a phenomenal, in an age where women weren't quite as socially conscious of their looks, she was one of those underappreciated glamour women. Yeah. I mean, she was just class from head to toe, highly educated, very well-spoken, and dressed. Physically, she was outstanding. But her mind was absolutely the best aspect of her. Her mind was amazing. So little by little, she introduced me to different aspects of the lifestyle. She introduced me then to two very prominent male dominants who became like mentors toward, uh, with me as well as her. And within the next 10 years or so, it was just a development process. It took for me to feel comfortable being able to even call myself a dominant mm-hmm. about 10 years. Oh, wow. You know, and that was under their under their tutelage. You okay. Know, it was not It was a beautiful process.
2: Was there a defining moment where you kind of said, I'm feeling it? Yes. What was it?
3: There was a specific incident where I've always had physical ability. I was very good with sports, martial arts, so on and so forth. So I was always very physically aware. And I was taught to use a bullwhip. Mm. And at first I was like, I've never seen this thing before. And yeah. they let me practice a little bit. And it turned out that I was very capable with it. And I was then asked to be the host dom for an event. It was at that event that it locked in for me. It, that event was the turning point.
2: All right. And what about you, Sir Inc.?
0: Mm-hmm. Well, well after the will was, was made. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I came along. <laughs> I was introduced by the My first, uh, Nikki, who was a good friend of mine, and we had already explored polyamory, and then we eventually crossed into BDSM. I thought it was just kink and whips and chains, and Mm -hmm. she was like, no. She quickly told me about the power exchange, and I started learning about that. And that was around 2009. Uh And that's how I got involved into the lifestyle bought into it with her. And it's funny because a lot of people that start out now, they may not have someone who's a little more experienced like she was. So we did a lot of things um, like consent, not consent, play and things like that that were very challenging for me. But um, after I did a few things and learned a little bit more about the mental aspect of the lifestyle, I understood why she introduced me to it. And I've just been trying to learn and, and grow in it ever since.
2: So When did you really start to get into this lifestyle and feel like this was really a part of who you were?
3: Well, it's one of the characteristics of what I call true dominance is that it is inherent to their character, to their personality, to be a dominant. A lot of dominant men aren't aware in their normal lives that they have a dominant personality. They just don't know. They just feel that they're like, take charge type of men or or they're just like the incredibly and ridiculously overused word of alpha without it really being understood what it means but they have an innate understanding that there's something different about them in a room full of men so yeah. they subconsciously understand that there is a level that they're at that other men just will never reach or struggle to reach and the most prominent dominance Come to it naturally. It's it should never be a forced situation. It should never be a a struggle for you to be dominant to a sub or dominant in a situation, dominant in how you carry yourself. Mm-hmm. Because within that scope comes the discipline, the responsibility, the, the perseverance of always being at your best, so on and so forth.
2: Yeah.
3: It's it's something that just it comes to you. You you feel it and you know. You may not be able to describe it, but you understand that there's something different about you and other men around. you.
2: So it's just sounds like it's just it's just part of who you are. Yes. And somehow, some way you come to that realization, whether it's through people around you, whether Mm -hmm. it's like you're this submissive that you met a long time ago or other Mm -hmm. men kind of paving the way or showing or, or you're learning by example. Right.
3: I mean, once you're introduced to the lifestyle, it makes a lot more sense because now you, you can see the path. Yeah. You understand it better. It's clearer. It's like somebody yeah. lifted the veil. But yeah. until that time comes, you're, and Sir Inc. and I spoke about this at length, you can't create a dominant. You no. can't make a man become a dominant. No. You can teach a man what are his personal dominant traits right. and then have him expand on that but you can't create a dominant in the sense of what the lifestyle understands and expects a dominant to be. You can't create that, you know, and I've had situations where subs that were in monogamous relationships, poly relationships, hetero or lesbian relationships, gay relationships, and they wanted to be the sub to their partner and then wanted to kind of shape their partner to be Mm -hmm the dominant. Right. But if your partner doesn't already have that in them, like if you don't identify that first and be like, you know what? You can be a dominant because this is you have all these traits that I know a dominant has. For example, yeah. insurance situation. She saw that in him. She was like, okay, we're going there because you've got all of this. And right. I've had specifically just recently, about a year ago, I had a submissive. That came to me. She had been following me for a while and, after about almost two years, reached out and wanted me to be her dominant. You know, she was in a lesbian relationship and had tried valiantly to turn her partner into her dominant. Yeah. This partner had zero dominant traits. It was like a facade, it was like a show. A role play. Oh, absolutely. And a and poor one at that. They got into the aggressiveness of sexual things and. So on and so forth, and in one session, just one session, never got undressed, never touched her in any way, sexual. I used one finger (laughs) and a crop.
0: Hmm.
3: (laughs) Never, I didn't touch her sexually at all.
2: Yeah. Okay. Okay. One
3: finger and a crop. Yeah. And my voice.
2: I was just gonna and say, for her, me, it could just be even the voice. It's the yeah, she's it, she excuse yourself. It's, it's the energy and the posture of a dominant man. You Absolutely. don't have to say, I'm a dominant. When you walk in right. the room, I'm like, right, right. whoa. You know, yeah,
3: you, feel, you, you, feel you feel the vibe. It.
2: It's something yeah. you right. feel. Yeah.
3: And it it's made, a frequency. It made her partner, yeah, it made her partner very, very aggressive in the sense of wanting to end it. And I told her, I said, look, I don't want to be
1: Play it now with Game Pass. The world's most exciting podcast, home of borders, language, culture. And here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. I'm Michael Savage, host of the Savage Nation podcast, home of borders, language, and culture. Hear my new podcast each week as I speak with top guests from around the world. The great author, Peter Schweitzer, Colonel Douglas McGregor. Be here or be nowhere. The Savage Nation podcast. Catch the Michael Savage podcast on all podcast platforms every Tuesday and every Friday.
3: Issue. That's not what you wanted from me. You have to teach your partner to understand that a dominant can be your dominant without being your sexual partner. And if you can't get that, if you can't get that, you think that it's only revolving around the sexual aspect and you're not really understanding what being a submissive is about. Mm-hmm. So I educated her as much as I could, but it became too much of a strain on their relationship. And I had to bow out and just out of respect for what they had already developed, they had been together for several years and I wasn't trying to interfere in any of that. But you get a lot of that. You get a sure. lot exactly like you said, you get a lot of that role play type of dominance, mm-hmm. which again, another subject that Sir Inc and I were talking about it's sickening. I bowed out from the from the lifestyle for almost five years. Like I just refused to interact with people other than the ones I already knew. I wouldn't teach anything, I wouldn't show anything, I wouldn't go to events because I was just so overwhelmed with the watered down versions of everything that we hold dear to us
0: in the lifestyle. And I was sick of it. I was like, yeah. I'm, I just can't, I just can't.
2: What about you, it, Sir Inc.?
0: And for me, you know, I think, uh, I think understanding domination, when people hear it, it just, and. And one thing that I talk about is the view of it is like the strong guy, no shirt on, dragging a woman across the floor. You know, (laughs) it's all this online, it's all this online visual stuff that's not true. Like, you don't have to be an imposing figure to be a dominant man. As Wolf is saying, it's just how you live your life. You know, you can have a scrawny guy, but it's about his confidence, it's about how he lives his life, it's about how that energy that he carries. So a lot of times there's a lot of guys that, or females as well, that could be dominant, but they don't feel like they fit the mold because of what they see online. And that's bad. And as he said, sometimes you just need somebody to introduce you to it and tell you the mental part of it and not the look of it to help you understand, okay, this is how I really fit into it. And yeah. I'm a dominant person there's a few guys that i know that are dominant men that will not even use the title dominant because as wolf said it's so watered down so they just said look i'm a man but how they live their life is very much very like dominant men but they don't even like saying dominant because it's been so watered down and so many jokers they don't want to put themselves in that title so they just call themselves men so again If you don't already know it, someone has to introduce you to it and see how you fit into the lifestyle. And at first, when I was introduced to it, it didn't really click to me at first. And then one day it did click like, okay, I'm really doing this. Like, okay, like, I see how much of my regular life is dominant. I see how much of my life is very much ominous or nurturers. And I think a lot of that part of being a dominant is not being explained. But people that are, Dominants that are nurturers, that have family members that take care of them, that have people look to them for advice and for direction. These people are are dominants. And I think there's more guys and more females that could be dominants, but they don't think they fit the mold. So I think, for me, it's important that people understand that, forget what you see online. Yeah, Like, those those pictures are pictures. Because I've seen guys, they had the look. They had the conversation, but really they were just domineering. They weren't dominant men. They were really abusers. Right. And a lot of the subs, yes, and a lot of the subs don't understand the line between abuse and play. Yeah. And so-
2: I'm going to get to that. Trust me. I got- Okay. I'm going to get to that. Yeah, yeah. But we're, you know what? Actually, as you guys were going and how you were discussing kind of titles and things like that, this is perfect because we're going right into my next question, which is: what, as I was listening to the podcast you two did together, I want to know how did you get your name, Legendary Wolf, and also Sir <laughs> Inc. Yeah, and I, I listened. I like I took some notes. And oh. and Sir Ink, you know, how did you how did you get your name, Sir Inc.? Like, how did you come up with that? And what does Sir actually mean to you? And when do you feel you should be addressed as that? And I know it's like that's a lot of questions there, but. I'm really curious about that. The, you know, people,
3: Brother man, you want to
0: go
2: first? People can get caught up in titles. I'll go first. Okay, you go, go
0: first. So, so originally for me, I liked the title Sir for myself. I didn't like really master or just dominant. Sir really fit me better because I like the gentleman aspect of what Sir is. And it just speaks of, um, of like a respect of like, you know, of like a, a gentleman's respect. A man of respect, sir, hits me better like that than master. And a lot of guys use a master, and they don't get that title. But I like sir in that way. And I came up with Sir Inc. Originally, it was Inc. for like Sir Incorporated, because I wanted to. It was, uh-huh. it was not just me that started my pages and all that. So I had a few people with me. So it was like it was really about a bunch of men. And my okay, other oh, name,
2: like a collaborative.
0: It was a collaborative. Yeah. And then my, my name underneath that was all. But what happened was those guys fell off and I continued it myself. And when I wanted to brand it and continue, I couldn't brand I-N-C. So I ended up changing it to Q. Okay. And then I ended up just kind of fading off of all and just using Sir Inc. as my name. That's how I come.
2: Yeah. All right.
0: Well,
3: uh, and let me tell you something. I think that is one of the dopest names I have ever seen. Yeah, yeah, that you. is one of the dopest names, Sir Inc. Inc. And yeah. and it's yeah. like, I have yet to come up with even something close that encompasses the true mentality of being right. a dominant man. It's right. like, Sir Incorporated, like you, right. not just a Sir, but you're incorporating that, like right. to, to the nth level. You know, yes. like, that's that's dope, man. That's dope. Right. Thank man. you. If I, if I never you. told you before, I'm telling you now. Thank you, brother. You heard
2: thank you, it man. here first. On the Diaries.
3: <laughs> <laughs> um I'm gonna try to keep my story real short. It was long okay. as hell when I was talking to Serena. So first and foremost, I'm Native American. Yes. So that the name Wolf itself, not the English translation, but in my native language, was the name given to me from birth, from young. As I got older, I went into I joined the Marine Corps.
2: What is that word? I'm sorry, in your native language?
3: Achilayona.
0: So when you I think she just got wet when you said that, brother. No, I mean,
2: it's like, <laughs> I just want to honor that. You know, I'm like, what, well, yeah, I appreciate say it. That. What, what is I it? Appreciate yeah. It.
3: You can see it behind me on the wall.
2: Okay, um, yeah.
3: yeah, yeah. So when it's the Marine Corps, and like I said, I was a very physical guy. I, I was very adept at certain things. I was a sniper in the Marine Corps. And um, some of the responsibilities that we carry out in defense of our country sometimes are not group efforts their individual efforts individual tasks given to us and my persona of a sniper when I was out there was that of a wolf hunting and the guys in my squad and my and my crew honored that name and they would call me wolf because of the way that I pursued our adversaries again when I was introduced to the lifestyle this was something that people around me called me family called me when the people that I met my mentors asked me you know cuz back then Everyone had like a code name, similar to the, in the movie Reservoir Dogs, Mr. White, Mr. Blue, Mr. Brown. Yeah. Back then, dominance had code names. They had names that they were called so that their real name wasn't given away, so on and so forth. Obviously, way before social media, where everybody makes up their own name. But Wolf has stuck with me throughout all of that. And again, one of the aspects that a lot of people overlook when they start talking about alpha males or the wolf or because there's like 150,000 different wolf something in the dominant community that is another thing that just annoys me to know to know it. But wolves are very loyal, and when they mate, they mate for life. If you really look at the context of a dominant and a sub, that is supposed to be a connection that, if nurtured correctly, mm-hmm. never ends. It never Woo! ends. <laughs> so. If you're doing, if you're doing what you're doing I believe it. correctly, you have a beautiful, beautiful experience, mm-hmm. you know, with right. another person. And again, it's almost in my perspective, just my opinion, but you belittle the relationship that you develop by only focusing on the sexual aspect of it. Because a true dominant should be inspiring. He should be, or she should be motivating he should be giving his or her sub that motivation and that platform to become a better version of themselves not just as a sub but as a person as a human whether it be their understanding their education their character their morals whatever it may be it's an elevation process and you are their closest thing to a mentor you're bringing them along Mm -hmm. and in the sharing of the physical and the mental and the emotional it becomes almost like a spiritual connection as well because it all comes full circle. Wolf is just the easiest way for me to identify with the different facets of my character. And touching on what Sir Ink was just saying a minute ago, titles have been made so commonplace. There's sir, master, you know,
2: daddy-dom, daddy-dom,
3: okay. ruler of the universe, you know whatever whatever, you know, Hercules, whatever they want to use.
2: Right. My <laughs> thing
3: I've never had a sub call me sir. I mean, master.
2: Yeah.
3: Never. I don't believe in that. It's not that I don't believe in it. It's not a dynamic that I employ. Sir has always had the connotation of respect, of discipline. Mm -hmm. It's used in the hierarchy of society. It's used in the military. It's used in every facet where respect is earned and not given. Just like in dominance.
2: Yeah.
3: Respect is earned. You earn the respect of your sub. You don't. You know these guys are like. Well, yeah. So I sent you. Uh. I mean, I'm gonna be a little crude here. So just. Go ahead. Oh. Um, yeah. Crude is my middle <laughs> you know, name.
2: Have you? Have you you've never listened to his podcast,
3: clearly. <laughs> <laughs> you, 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 you gotta know I, whose I podcast you. you're talking. For. I sent you some dick pics and uh, a picture of my butthole. So now you gotta call me sir. Right. No, the hell I don't. Yeah. Right. You haven't done a single thing. First of all, virtual person, uh, you haven't done shit for me. So, I'm calling you sir. Why? Fuck out of here. Yeah. I'm not doing this. So, the sir thing is something that I allow people to come to on their own. I don't ever tell someone, you must call me anything. My name is Wolf. Where you go from there depends on how we interact and the level of respect you feel that I've earned from you. Right. I've never had anyone respect me less than to call me sir. I never got caught up in the daddy dom thing. Been called daddy a couple times, you know, besides just my children. And, uh, but, (laughs) but, you know, to me, if you really get caught up on the title thing, you're missing the point.
2: Yeah.
3: Like you're missing the point. Like you don't have to say shit to me, your actions, the way you look at me, the way you respond to what I say.
2: Absolutely.
3: That's all the respect I need. You don't have to call me anything to let me know that the level of respect you have for me is through the roof and that's where it should stay. Because the minute it starts to drop, I'm doing something wrong. It's not you because I'm not doing something to keep the level of respect that you have for me at an elevated level, period. Yeah. And yeah. and granted, that won't last very long.
2: Right. It's interesting. So I... Um, basically, a a businesswoman, and there's one of my favorite books is uh, by a guy named Christopher Lockhead, and he says that in business, he talks about being the category king and things like that. But his whole thing is either there's you're in three categories, and his whole thing is like which one are you? You know, you either suck, you don't suck, or you're legendary. (laughs) Which one? Which one do you want to be? You know, and I'm like, fucking legendary. (laughs) Hello, yeah.
3: Uh, uh. Uh, so I love therein that, lies the name.
2: I love that. <laughs> that's right. I love that you have legendary. Yeah. You could be, and Sir Inc., you could be legendary Ink. I mean, like
3: <laughs> <the> legendary <laughs> Sir, man, the legendary. You, you know, I mean,
2: the legendary. I you mean, seriously, like the minute you put that in front of your name, it's like whoa. You know, it gets. Yeah. It means something. It gets your attention. I love it.
3: I'll tell you so, what. I've seen some guys use the word in their names, like on their pages or whatever. Yeah. I immediately go to their page. Yeah. I want to see what makes you legendary. Right. Dude. Absolutely. Like, I want to see it. And, yes. and 9.9 times out of 10, it's some um, pimply faced kid <laughs> who just figured out that he didn't want to <laughs> masturbate anymore. He just got a boner. He wants somebody to, yeah. He just figured out how to get it hard all the way up. And he right. wants somebody to play with it for him. So now right. he's going to call himself legendary, dominant, sir, master mm-hmm. of the slaves forever. Right. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, come on, bro. Oh, like, God. And, like, I, like, and I'll and inbox them
0: you are out of your depth. Yeah. Go back yeah, to the right. kiddie pool, go I- oh, that way. You know, I think it's very important that people understand, like, listening to this, if you're just getting involved into, in a lifestyle, you don't have to call yourself anything. You don't have to title yourself anything. Let mm-hmm. it come to you. Yeah. Or if enough people or enough subs are calling you, sir, or something like that, then you take that on. But just to just label yourself. Like, I'm always careful when I see people say, I'm, see this dominant blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, see,
2: not- Yeah. A, there's a lot going on there. There's
0: a yeah. lot going on because that could mean that could be just street abuser. Is that say this with training wheels? It's, it's, right. It's-
2: I know. And so, isn't it? It's, really, it's interesting, you know, what we see out there in the mainstream media and the way people are representing themselves. And so that's kind of what I wanted to start to pull out of you guys too is, you know, what do you think about what you see that's represented in mainstream media about, BDSM and dominance and subs and all that.
3: I think that for a short while, I'd say 2018 into 2019, pre-pandemic, I was noticing an upsurge of social attachment to the BDSM lifestyle from other lifestyles, for example, feminism, the gay community and they were attaching themselves to certain just facets of the bdsm lifestyle whatever suited their particular cultural you know persuasion and that's cool as long as you don't try to usurp that into being categorically your own when it's not it belongs to bdsm it was created in and of and for the bdsm lifestyle and when when i start seeing certain things like that it's disturbing because you already know that there's a watering down process that's happening. You already know that there's certain factions that are going to twist what they're finding into whatever suits their particular agenda verbiage that they want to put out. What I don't like to see is when you get people that pervert the authenticity of being a member of the BSM community. There's a lot of shamers. There's a lot of people that have just pent up negativity that, that need to find an outlet. And BDSM for a while, for about a good two years, to my recollection, became the target for that. There was a lot of sub and slave shaming. There's people that they live the pet lifestyle. They have pets and owners, and if it's not for you, it's not for you, and that's cool. If it is, enjoy it, and you shouldn't be shamed according to what you find relevant and important to you in how you live your life. There's only certain aspects of BDSM that are, I think, started out as unintentionally questionable, but in today's society have become a lot more spotlighted. For example, littles. Yeah. Because you have the the mentality is that one of the individuals involved is the persona of a child. So then you bring into question the mentality or the emotional capacity of the other person. Is that person a closet pedophile? Is that person now? someone that needs to be watched. You know, Mm -hmm. should they have their page flagged? Should they and with the asshole that runs Facebook and Instagram, okay? And that whole what do they call the um I know it's gonna go out the Gestapo of the internet, all right, that he has flagging everything that you say because he doesn't like it and it's not whatever, white bread America. Right. So, you know, you really have to be careful how you Introduce what's important to you. And then it's almost as if you have to soft sell it. Whereas you have subs that, like, for example, a bratty sub, right? You have Mm -hmm. some bratty subs that are just, they're not satisfied until they get smacked in the face hard enough to bleed in their mouth. That's their thing. That's their trigger. That's what makes it for them. And then you have the people saying, oh, that's domestic violence. That's, you know, so there's always a twist that's possible. So keeping the lifestyle in a positive light as much as possible is the goal. But unfortunately, we have a lot of people that because they want to use it to their own ends, they undermine it. They muddy the waters and they misrepresent. And again, bringing into into light the the gentleman we were talking about that want to call themselves all kinds of doms. And I'm like, come on, dude, how old are you? I'm 22 years
2: old. (laughs) 22
3: years old. Twenty-two years old.
2: I get those guys in my inbox, and they're like, hey, "I'm sure I'm a dominant." I'm sure. and they're it's like, like, "Fuck, you're a yeah. little boy. What are you talking about? You got hair down there. I mean, what's going on?" No, I had you're a, not guy, a man. Had, no, The guy
3: blocked me because I, I questioned him as, as far as being a dom.
2: Yeah, he
3: was like, "Yeah," and I, I spank my sub for five minutes every day, and I make her crawl on her knees when I come through the door to greet me. And I make sure that she knows my dinner better be on the table. And then when we have sex, I'm the one who decides how we're having sex and how long. She doesn't have a say. And I was like, dude, you're a frustrated man child. Yeah. That is younger than the hair on my ass. <laughs> you need to go to college. Go get His an mommy education. mommy didn't love him enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or maybe she loved him a little too seriously. Maybe. But whatever. <laughs> you know, he needed he needed some guidance. And yeah. I tried to like direct him without being overly rude sure. because I do have that tendency. But he just, you know, he got upset and he blocked me. And then someone who was actually following his page was like, dude, this guy's just trying to like light you up. And I was like, really? Here, I'm going to send you a text message. I want you to post it on his page as a quote from me. I had everything that he had written to me. I yeah. just screenshot it. I inserted my response and then I sent it and it went on his page. And it was like, like rats fleeing a ship. People were like, that's who he is. That's what he thinks. He and it was done. Don't make me that guy, but you're not going to undermine what those of us that truly have a passion and a love for simply because you're confused as to how to become a part of it. Ask someone. The one thing that's never done in this community is to shame. You don't body shame. You don't kink shame. You don't deviant shame. You don't shame. There's no need. There's no need for shame. If the shame was part of this, we wouldn't be doing half the shit we do. You know what I mean? So- We'll be, we'd be guilty issue.
2: as fuck every night when we went to bed, like, Jesus, how do I do this shit?
3: Yeah. It's, can you imagine that? Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. Can someone teach me how when to I'm, do something? When I'm an standing in,
2: and when I'm in line at church, ready to get my communion, and I'm worried that my butt plug is going to roll out, hit the stone floor, and I'm going to have to kick it <laughs> under a pew so that the priest in front of me doesn't see it. Like
3: Or take it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: that too.
3: Just saying.
2: Just saying. saying. Yeah. Mm, (laughs) What do we have here?
3: He's like, ooh, yours is blue. Mine is purple.
2: I like (laughs) the jewel. I do. I have a blue one. Yeah.
3: There you go. I had a sub one time tell me that when she goes to church, when she's going up to receive communion, she has a problem not sticking her tongue out too far because she doesn't want to make it dirty. Yeah. (laughs) Uh I said, just remember it. It's a wafer, not a penis. It's a wafer, not a (laughs)
2: penis. Body of Christ.
3: Yes. Body of Christ, (laughs) not penis.
0: You know. Oh, my
2: God. Yeah. I, I'm, thank, I'm Thank God so I stay glad. anonymous on this uh, podcast. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I am I am so glad that Layla is not answering questions because when you started going into censorship, she will go on a straight half hour rant on good the, you know her started on that cuz she she made a whole rant, <laughs> rant on a podcast about about Zuckerberg and stuff, right?
3: Oh man, listen. But i got no, I, mean, I got nothing I got nothing but grind for him,
0: yeah right, but I like what you said because I was on Instagram one day and gay pride month started, and this young lady made some real interesting points about how everything is starting to be corporate how corporatocracy has taken over even the gay pride movement, and mm-hmm. she was saying like you can't like stop with all this promotion of it now and put money behind it. Right. And I'm going to show you guys something. Then I'm going to keep continue with this with coming off of. W- there are over 90,000 people missing at any time, and over half a million are
1: reported missing every year. And that's just in the United States. I'm Mike Morford,
2: and I'm Jess Betancourt. And in our podcast, Missing Persons, we discuss cases of people who have gone missing under mysterious circumstances. And we're joined in each episode by guests who are either related to the missing person, investigating their disappearance, or advocating for answers in the case.
1: Missing persons is available everywhere you listen to podcasts, and there are dozens of episodes to binge on right now. Subscribe today
0: so you don't miss an episode. But the question is, I hope you guys can see this on my phone. Yes, right there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Real. Gay- <laughs> Real. Gay- Real gay- wow. mayo. Right. So the problem is.
2: I—I I mean, when, how do you think people that have have always lived like this is who they are feel like that? Gayo mayo, like
0: people that have to this young lady's point, people that took part in the gay pride, gay pride parades in the seventies and the eighties that were brutalized, that were abused, people that mm-hmm. were killed, mm-hmm. and things like that, and now you make it a mockery with making money off of it. And oh yeah, to Wolf's point. This is what's happened to BDSM. Fifty Shades of Grey came out, then all of a sudden, it's money being pushed into the lifestyle. Yeah, and it's mm-hmm. gone down. and this is when you get all these people. I don't even know who's gay anymore online because it's 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 cool to be gay. It's cool to be a sub. It's cool to be a dom. And it's so many people just you can be whatever you want online. So right. it's hard to know who's who. What I've found is. Okay, all this online stuff sounds cool, but can we meet up? Or are we going to can we meet? You a sub, I'm a dom, and I'm not asking you to meet to be my sub or to get on your knees for me, but can we just sit and have coffee together in a coffee yeah. shop? Because right. we've established this communication online, and right. I travel to your city, can we sit down and just have conversation? Even if you have a dom, I'm good with meeting with you and your dom and just sitting down just talking about the lifestyle. Right. Stuff.
2: Yeah. Yes.
0: And- When you make these kind of offers and you come to town, a lot of people won't show up.
2: Right. So here's a good question for both of you. What do you guys think your basic blueprint for BDSM and the DS dynamic is?
3: Ooh, a loaded question. Okay, I'm going to make it as concise as possible. The two C's that have to be part of any dynamic, communication and connection. There are some subs that are amazing subs. There are some doms that are amazing doms. That amazing dom and that amazing sub may not connect. They may not be able to have that intrinsic connection that's necessary mm-hmm. to have a really good, deep immersion into the lifestyle together. Yeah. Okay. He might be able to dom her for a session if there's a particular thing she wants done. Sure. That's, yeah, that's cool. And she might be able to be a sub at a party so that she can make the dominance comfortable in a sub environment, okay? Mm -hmm. But as far as a relationship or a connection, it's very important, it's integral to the the honesty of the relationship for there to be that connection. And that connection comes from communication. There's certain things that, there's a lot of subs that they will never wear a jewel. They'll never wear one. They're just absolutely not gonna deal with anything that has to do with anal. They just won't, it's a personal choice. It's not enjoyable. There are some other ones oh. that want to walk around with a bowler. I ball. like it. <laughs> you know, listen, and it's cool.
2: And I love it. Me See, personally, I love it when my dog makes me wear. He knows I'm going to church and he'll make back when he would make me wear it, you know. Yeah. I'd have to I it. think it. Here I am in church. Thing. I'd have to show him like here I am, you know, got my again. Yeah.
3: It's a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. But again, the blueprint. There is no real blueprint. There is no real blueprint. Okay. What there is is the foundation. If you create a solid foundation between the dominant and the sub, that's where you build from. It's like building a house. You need a solid foundation, okay? And that comes from the honesty, loyalty to the commitment, Mm -hmm. the commitment itself, like I said, communication and connection. These are like the pillars that you build the foundation with. And then from there, you add on whatever pieces you need to make that unique home that unique relationship for yourselves and no two homes unless you live in a cookie cutter community are the same right and even if you did live in a cookie cutter community when you go inside they're not decorated the same even twins don't decorate their homes exactly the same yeah okay so the uniqueness of the two people is what creates that. And once you start to get away from it, because you're thinking about, well, the rules of of engagement for dominance says that I'm supposed to do one through 10. And then if you respond correctly, then I do 11 through 20. And then if you respond correctly, then we'll do, no, please get the fuck away from me. That kind of obtuse stupidity.
2: Right, it's not like step one, two, three.
3: No, there's not, absolutely not. For example, you have some Doms that are so smooth with their physical signs to their subs right that you never see the the communication going on physically and he'll just come by and be like time to go and yeah. keep it moving and you never once saw him touch her or anything but there were physical signs that he did that she understood that's that connection
0: yeah then
3: you got some guys and they're like uh, go get your coat i said you need to you need to go sit the fuck down cuz if you're around a real dominant he's not going to allow you to speak to a woman like that, period. Be it your sub or not. There's just certain things that are not going to happen because if you were really a dom, you would never show your ass like that.
2: Right.
3: You would never do that.
2: Yeah. There's no need for that. There you go, showing your ass, yeah.
3: Yeah, like most dominants that are really about it never raise their voice.
2: Yeah.
3: Never. There's no need because when you can see that I make eye contact with you and I'm about to speak to you, you should be absolutely riveted to the words that are about to come out of my mouth. Yeah. Period. And if you're not, once again, that's my fault. I haven't shown you that that's a priority.
2: Yeah.
3: So then we have to go a couple steps back and re-educate. Yeah. And that's it. And you do the work. you got to do the work.
0: That's the blueprint as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, it's work, yeah. I'm going to cut, copy, and paste my sentiments from him.
2: Okay, (laughs) boom. I
0: know. Well, there we go. It's That's easy. Well, I will say this to piggyback off of what he said. It starts with education. And as a man, it, it starts with knowing yourself. I do not encourage anyone to even get in any relationships, let alone a DS relationship, without knowing yourself. And once you know yourself, properly communicate that with someone else. If you meet someone, as he said, do not adjust yourself to have this person in your life. Do not try to be the dime she wants. Be the dime that you are. And too many times is you'll meet a woman. She wants to be a submissive, but she doesn't really fit what you want. And you're gonna try to still be her dime anyway. And then you find yourself changing yourself to be what she needs instead of who you are. And so it's just about being true to yourself. And like he said, education and communication is so important. Those are those are just some of the pillars of, of what we do. And when you're not honest with yourself and if you have to hide parts of yourself, then it's it's not going to work. It's a facade that's going to fall apart. You're going to have a lot of trouble because when you have that straightforward communication and it's clear, like he said, you don't have to yell at anyone. You it just easily just look at her and give her the the eyes or the hand signals and you're out the door instead of having to say, you'll get your coat and da, da, da and I've been in a situation where I said, it's time to go. And my wife at the time didn't listen. So I had to show her a lesson. I left her and she had to make her way home. And she, when she came in, she was like, damn, when you left me. I was like, yeah, when I said it's time to go, it's time to go. Cause you never know what the situation is around. Mm-hmm. And I had that
2: lesson. I had
0: that lesson. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And I, knew you saying, not,
0: I mean, yeah. You know- right. It's right. interesting.
2: I mean, I. this is why when I listened to your conversation, I was so, it resonates with me based on my experiences and just learning as a sub and being someone's sub, but a uh, real dominant, like it's the body language. And as you get more in tune and your communication gets better, you understand and see those signs. But in the times, to your point, sir, and in, in the times where I didn't first get it when it was time to go. And I was like, what? Why were we coming you know, like." And I didn't understand why we. Were, it was time to leave is because uh-huh. man <clears throat> shit's about ready to happen. And I'm removing you from this situation for your protection. And Absolutely. this is how shit doesn't go ways that you don't need to be a part of and that mm-hmm. we can just keep it harmonious and moving it, moving along. Because if we stay longer, this man over here is being disrespectful and I, as a man, I'm going to have to, he's raising his level, I'm raising, I'm matching that level. And so again, it's just about really that, going back on what we said previously, it's about that foundation, that connection.
0: And you trust that, you trust that whatever he's saying to do in this moment is the right thing to do.
2: Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. See
3: that, you can can take the dominant perspective that we're discussing right now, Mm -hmm. right? and expand it exponentially, right?
2: Yeah. Oh, and I'll yeah. give you
3: a personal, a personal example. My children, because of how I am as a dominant man, were exactly the same. I never raised my voice to my kids. Yeah. When I said, it's time to go, they would get their things and start moving towards the door. If I told them, I need you guys to wait for me outside, mm-hmm. immediately, and they understood because like Syringe just said, that trust, that you are the man that you are showing them you are, not telling them. They have experienced you as the man in their life. As for my children, as their dad. Big difference from being a father and being a dad.
2: Can I? And then when
3: you're getting. mm -hmm.
2: I'm sorry. I want to point out something really important because I feel like this is what being on the receiving end of that. What it actually is, is what you know is that this is a man of his word.
3: Yes, absolutely. When he, Impeachable you know, integrity.
2: This is a man. Impeachable of his integrity. Word. Also, what he says is for in my best interest. Yes. Sometimes right. you don't understand it. Like, no, I'm at a bar, I'm having a visit. Like, oh, sorry. You know, I'm being a girl. And then <laughs> it's like, no, it's time to go. And it's like, whoa, okay. You know, I mean, I'm not catching the vibe. Right. But when.
3: And if he's doing his job. If he's doing his job as your dominant, you never should. Right. Exactly. You should be absolutely insulated from any negativity if your dominant is on his game.
2: Right. Right. Yeah.
3: And again, it doesn't mean that he has to be the barroom badass. It just means that he is a dominant man. He's looking off his sub and he's like, you know what? This is a negative situation that could go left. We're going to go right.
2: Yeah. Not even barroom stuff, you know, just right in any
0: situation. Any Don't, situation. Right.
2: Don't go jogging in that neighborhood.
0: Mm-hmm. And that was something that I was going to mention that you talked about which your dominant at the time told you when you were on vacation and he was going to join you. Don't go jogging early in the morning by yourself mm-hmm. because you never know. And I spoke about this on my podcast, like mm-hmm. domination and protection is more than just some guy fighting in a bar, right? The yeah. protection is a mental check. Like, listen, when you go places, if you're not with me, this is how I'm protecting you from a distance. Make sure you mm-hmm. don't go, you don't go out running by yourself at the wee hours of the morning. Make sure that you, there's certain protocols that a man yeah. fills in his his submissive, his kids, his family, his loved ones, that's modes of protection that if I'm in my absence, you know how to look for certain signs and do certain things that don't put yourself in harm's way.
2: Right. His point of view, and he, he was a Marine, too. Five. Was that right. his, his whole thing was, listen, I've seen things and you don't need to. See, I saw things so that you don't have to see things. And you just have to know that I am here to be observant, hyper observant, and anticipate these things before they happen. And we were i was uh gonna go to this one beach during the day with a friend of mine a girlfriend of mine and he said don't go to that beach because bad stuff happens there it's just you know and i was like what and we just i mean there's a part of you that kind of sometimes questions that at at times when you before you've really established that bond and he's like don't you know don't go there we didn't end up going there but that day sure as shit there was a shooting at that beach Someone got shot. You know, and I was like, and he went, he didn't gloat about it. He was just, you know, it was just like, this is. But
0: remember, remember, I always said. I want to
2: protect you from. You know, I'm, I'm I doing I'm, this for your goodwill, for your betterment.
0: Right. Well, I tell a lot of men, a lot of even boys that I love the godfather the movie, especially number one, because he told his. Mm. He told me, women and children can be careless. Yeah. Not. Right. Yeah. And Michael, right. women and children can be careless, not men. Yeah. So it's not it is not your responsibility to you're not going to look for that cuz you're looking to enjoy yourself. But it's the man's responsibility to understand that's not a good place to go because things happen over there. So don't go there cuz then if you put yourself in that, then there's going to be a response to that which is going to be terrible.
2: Right.
0: So save us all the grief by just not going there and going to another. Place.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Now, so I'm, guys, I'm gonna give
0: one more story before oh. we go on. My play brother one of my clients wanted to date his niece, and when he came to his house, even though they already knew each other from the from wait, the barbershop,
2: this is his niece.
0: My play brother's niece. My uh, someone my else clients, wanted to date the niece.
2: Oh, okay. I thought you're. All right, I thought one of my he clients wanted to date, date his niece. I'm like, wait, wait, wait.
0: <laughs> and they all know each other from the barbershop. Now the niece is 30 years old, so when he comes to the house, my play brother goes out to his car and takes a picture of the license plate. Mm -hmm. And he said, he said, damn, like, Dan, you know me. Like, like, why did you do that? He said, because just in case something happened to my niece, I need to know who, where I need to come to kill you. Yeah. Because that's how serious it is. But men, and I tell my female friends that whoever you're dating needs to know that there's a male response to anything that they might do to you.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They need
0: to know that you have a male friend or a brother that's willing to respond to them if they get out of you. Because men take Individual women, if they know that woman doesn't have a man in their life, like that. That's, well, that's a very good example of what happens in the community as
3: well. Look yeah. at how many right. subs are just so dejected and hurt and abused and taken advantage of because they give in to these dominants that are out there posing as real dominants. And because right. they don't have anyone to guide them or another right. sub that can say, hey, no, that's not the kind of person that, you know, he shouldn't be asking you for that. He shouldn't be talking to you that way. You know, they don't get that guidance first. They don't build that bond with another sub or within a community. Like with social media, there's so many pages out there that are just open communities where you can ask questions. You know, and again, people get too caught up with allowing the vanilla community to influence how they respond in our community. Like we don't have a shame thing. We don't, there's no shame in asking a question. If you're new to it, that's great. Hey, you know what? It's better that you put that out there so people can guide you the right way, okay? Yes. So you don't fall victim to these abusive guys, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know. And like Sir Inc is saying, that you know, a lot of them don't have a male figure, whether it be a cousin, a brother, a dad, an uncle, a male friend that they've known for a while that can respond for them. So they end up either leaving the community. Or just being so heartbroken over not being able to really fulfill their desire to be a good sub to someone yeah. because they've been shown the wrong thing. So now right. they're jaded.
2: You yeah. know, right. it's
3: it's just a horrible thing, you know? Yeah. Yes.
2: So how do you suggest that DS couples negotiate their dynamic and what's at the core or the heart of the bond between the dom and the sub?
3: Well, again, and this is something that a lot of people tend to miss. Mm-hmm. The person that is in power of that relationship is the sub, because the sub is the one that gives the permission for things to be done, whether it be the discipline, whether it be the physical contact, whether it be sex, whether it be protocols put into place, contracts were a big thing for a while. A lot of people are tending to kind of like overlook them now, but verbal, verbal understanding of the boundaries, you have to create an understanding of boundaries. There are certain things we can do, certain things we won't. Like, you can come on my face, but don't spit in my mouth. Right. You know, right. you can, and if you're going to come on my face, warn me so I can close my eyes. I'm not trying to become Helen Keller. Yeah. So right. you want to make sure that- Don't get it in my you know,
2: eyelashes. I paid for these.
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't want to take them off and get them put back on. This is expensive.
2: Hey. You
3: are know, like, you're messing up my foundation. Right. Um, so, <laughs> but there's a lot of intricacies that, Again, it falls under that umbrella of communication Yeah. before the very first sir is uttered before the very first acknowledgement of you are my sub, that whole conversation has to be had first. What are your boundaries? That's the question a dominant asks the sub. What are your boundaries? Mm
2: -hmm. Because
3: once you give me one through five, if you only have five, everything else is on the table. Yeah okay yeah these five you don't want these five not a problem these are your hardcore hard line no right hard this is your no no problem right. that's fine we're gonna etch these in stone we're gonna put them above the headboard every fucking thing after that is fair game yeah okay don't say shit because i asked you from the beginning okay right. now along the relationship and the development of the relationship There might come a time where she's, she might say, Hey, listen, you know, I really wasn't into the whole anal thing before. Maybe I want to try it now. Mm -hmm. And then she, she's like, well, how can I do that? Well,
2: Hey, sorry to interrupt. I just want to point out, this is a great moment to think about getting some of the Foria CBD suppositories. Since we're talking about anal, let me just tell you these products are amazing both for your vagina And for your anus, I got the suppositories and I just can't wait to use them. And Hey, you don't have to take my word for it. Go to the show notes at the curiousville diaries.com forward slash podcast and click on this episode. I'll have the link to four products. Plus you'll get my bestie discount. You don't have to take my word for it though. You can read all the reviews on their products. They're absolutely fabulous. I love, love, love them. This will change your anal experience, guaranteed. All right? Go ahead. Give them a try. Now back to the show.
3: Start out with using a butt plug. Use a small one. Then go to a big one. Go, and I'll let you do it on your own. And then once she's like, you know, she's got like the softball size one that's going
0: in there. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, because you do like,
2: graduate. They do yeah, get yeah, bigger.
0: You, absolutely. Don't, don't challenge. Don't child. Don't. Do not yeah. challenge Layla, please. And then you know once I've you had get one there, get
2: lost in my ass because the stem was too small. Aggressive sex when you're bent in all these different positions, like I had the extra I- extra small. That was my first one. Right. Well, the whole idea, right, is that I always warn people because I'm like the whole idea is that it's supposed to relax you, and over time, when it does, like
3: it can get, get too relaxed. Yeah, <laughs>
2: it can especially
3: get sucked when up in if there. you get a really if you get a really strong orgasm, or if you start to squirt. And when you start it, to squirt and yeah. it starts to clench, it, it's going to either right. suck it in or shoot it out. So I've
2: had both. Yeah. Oh, God.
3: So, but now you've introduced something new yeah. at her request. Yeah. Right. Not, at her yours, request, right. not yours. Like yeah. as much as right. you may want to tap that ass, that's not for you. It's not for you until she tells you it's for you. Yeah. Then she says, yeah, it's on the table. Now I've yep. been wearing the plug for a while. I want to try it. Yeah. Okay. And if, if you really have her best interest at heart, you know, the very first couple of times, you know, you make sure that everything, she's relaxed, glass of wine. She's had the plug in for a little bit. You know, you make a couple of times and you're like, all right, let's take the plug out. You take the plug out and then you proceed from there. Do what you got to do. And then you let her call the shots until she tells you, you know what? Ride him, cowboy. And then yeah. you just do what you got to do. And then right. there's other things you can do. Like there's some women that have a very strong gag reflex. They have to be shown how not to. And that takes time. That takes encouragement, discipline, so on and so forth, repetition. So patience, it's important. It's not a sprint, it's a marathon. And if you're thinking, I gotta get to the finish line, then eh, you're not really ready for this. Mm -mm. You're not really ready for this. You need to pump your brakes, back it off a little bit and be like, "All right, how can I make whatever the experiences that we're having better for you? Because that's what it's about. That's what the point of a dominant is when it comes to the specificity of the DS relationship. Yes. Okay, not the rest of it. That point right there is, how do I make this experience better for you? Even if I do it incrementally each time we get together, that's fine. But little by little, after like three months, where we were three months ago, now look how far we've come. You know, that's the thing that a lot of people miss. You have to, again, as repetitious as it's been, communicate. Like when you sit down and have a conversation, the first hour of me meeting a sub, a new sub that wants to become have me as a dominant, mm-hmm. is like, okay, tell me about yourself. What do you do? Where do you work? Who are your friends? Where do you live? What do you like to do when you're not at work? And all of that is going to tell me who she is as a person. Then from there, I'm like, okay, do you play sports? No. You go to the gym? No. Okay. You like to eat? Good. That's good. Do you you're dance? Stacking. Oh, you like to dance. Right. you absolutely have to vet your subs you have to get to know who she is as a person first You're taking notes yeah you can't understand her as a sub yeah. until you know who she is as a person mm-hmm. how does her mind work yeah if you don't understand her mind her body means nothing to you
2: yeah she's
3: a fuck toy after that right that's it she, she's a cum bucket yeah because that's all she's going to be you got to make her into the sub that she wants to become yeah and if you don't understand her it's over
2: I think this. You know, I think what you I, said is so important. I want to highlight it really quickly. I just want subs to hear this, that are out there searching for dominance. That if your if this man isn't vetting you this way, you're nothing but a cum bucket to him, the, and you're not going to be involved in a true DS dynamic. You're just nope. role playing it. And again. Know the category, I'm not going to say there's anything wrong with that, but if you truly want to experience the DS dynamic at its best, highest, and best level, if this man isn't committed to studying who you are, you won't get there.
0: You know what? I will go here and say this to truly get fulfillment out of any relationship, even if it's vanilla, as a man, you should want to get inside your woman's mind so you guys can be on the same page and you can't do that without exploring her being and a lot of like absolutely what he's saying is negotiation in this lifestyle it's not about what i want to do to her it's what she wants to have done and what she wants to explore and then i have to open up that i have to open up that gate and Some of it is, if you meet an experienced sub, like I was saying this one young lady, she liked having her breast nailed to a board, And she showed me pictures of that being done. Now, that would be challenging, wholly challenging for me, because I've never done that before. So even with that being said, she might have limits that like, oh, damn, I've never even gone that far. Now, I'm challenged in that way, right? That's how it was for consent, not consent for myself. So it's not just even a challenge for the sub. It's a challenge for the dominant as well to meet that level of where they want to go, which if I'm not prepared to nail her breast to a board, I need to one reckon with myself. Can I do it? And two, how do I do it properly? So a lot Mm -hmm. of this negotiation and education and being a leader. And I tell guys all the time and females, if you want to be a dominant and you don't know how to properly, just read books on leadership, you know, find your favorite leader in history and read a book on them, find out what their leadership behavior was. You know, how do you lead people? This is very important. It's too many people. As he said, if you're really not trying to lead someone in a relationship in general, then really you're just there for sex and whatever else you can get out of it other than really knowing who that person is. And people think it's real crazy when I say, you listen to a lot of pimps, you'll learn about women because pimps, Main objective is to get to the core of that woman for a certain objective. They're going inside women's minds. Regular guys are not. They're just like, I got a girlfriend. Woo woo woo. You know, she sucks my dick. Gets me. (laughs) (laughs) They're not like, but who is she?
2: Yeah, they don't (laughs) know,
0: right? Right. And if you don't know her, you don't know what her triggers are. You don't know when she's having a bad day if she needs a drink. (laughs) Or she just needs that bath water ran for to make her feel better. Yeah. So this is the, and I, someone sent me a video earlier about a woman saying she liked dating older guys. She's like, when I was sick, I called the younger guy. He's in his early 30s. And he said, oh, you know, oh, OK, you're not feeling well. Well, I hope you feel better. And she said, well, I called the older guy. And he said, y- you said, damn, you don't sound good. Are you OK? Oh, well, you know, and she said, he showed up to my door with uh, vitamins, food, soup this, that. And she was like, yeah, I just like the way older men are, like, because they're more intuitive of what her needs are. Yeah. And so that's what we're talking about, being in tune with your partner. And that takes time. You can't rush to get the softball bug plug in our ass. You have to. You got to start with the small <laughs> one. Let it get sucked in that the ass. That takes time.
3: Like, OK, we're ready for it takes You know a lot what? of them <laughs> I want to touch on something that, that Strange just said. And I'm going to pull it up into the vanilla lifestyle for a second. Yeah. Okay. Okay. The interaction between a man and a woman, right? Let's devolve that whole construct into just a sexual aspect for a second. So I'm sure there's guys that are going to listen to this that have probably experienced this, right? So you get a woman, let's say that you are more than above average in your ability to have sex or to make a woman have an orgasm, right? And she tells you, I'm going to come. And as she's coming, all of a sudden she starts to cry violently, right? You're like, holy shit, what the fuck did I do wrong? Like, why is she crying, right? If you don't understand that that is the emotional release for her, when she's getting that really, really good nut, then you don't understand the woman you're fucking. Yeah. Right. Okay. And that's in the vanilla lifestyle. Now, expand that into our DS lifestyles, right? If you don't understand the woman that is your sub you will lose the ability to understand her because of these little intricacies of who she is and how she expresses, how she gives in to certain things. Because he was saying about the young lady that wanted her breast nailed to a board. I'll tell you, me personally, that's a deal breaker for me, okay? I'm not gonna mar your body, because I got a nail gun. I'm not using a hammer, (laughs) okay? (laughs) Jesus! I'm, I'm, I'm a nail gun shit out of you. Now, I mean, if you want your nipples done, if you're already pierced, that's cool. We can go. Oh we can God. go right through the piercing. But if yeah. you want me to right. puncture your breast with, with a nail, baby girl, you right. got to go. That to me, that's a criminal act. I'm not doing that. I don't feel okay? bad. Now. But but there's some guys that they're cool with that. But now, yeah, right. for an example, I have some subs. I have one dominant female who has me dominate her, so she's a sub to me in a very specific way. She doesn't trust very many people as interactive situations, but she has very intense orgasms from cutting, okay. right? But cutting is very specific and you have to know what you're doing and how so that right. it doesn't get infected, it doesn't leave scars, right. okay? Because there's ways to cut that doesn't leave a scar. People right. don't understand that. So that's where what Sir Hink was saying before, you have to educate yourself. Before you said, Yeah, I can do that and I do that and I do that. Because I've seen the bios on some of these dudes. It looks like war and peace. Like it is this huge and, and I'm I'm a master, you know, of this and I'm a and I'm a savage this and I'm a whatever, whatever this, and I'm a Mason. So I'll put concrete up your ass and turn you into this statue, right. or whatever. You know, but- and, and they come up with all these skills.
2: Do you know what I find? Like, Anybody yes. that has to tell you they are
3: isn't. Pretty much. Yeah. Like if you ask me a question, like if you say to me, well, have you ever done shibari? Yes. yes. Okay. How good are you? Above average. I'm not a master at shibari. Yeah. Okay. Right. Have you ever done cutting? Yes. How good are you? I'm a master at cutting. Right. I'm a master with a bullwhip. Right. Okay. I'm above average with a fucking vibrator.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs>
2: I'm a yeah, I'm, because <laughs> Vibrator. because you know
3: what the best the best masters of vibrators are women. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Uh, I don't have a clit. I'm sorry.
2: Right. Um,
3: well, it's if I do, it's enormous. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll leave it at that. Right. And I don't use that myself, but because I know that it is something you can add into certain types of play that's going on. I have taught myself to become above average at that. Not a master, not yeah. great, like where I can just pull it out like Harry Potter's magic wand and all of a sudden you're gushing like Yosemite. It's not gonna mm-hmm. happen. But I have taught women that had issues with achieving orgasm, how to squirt. Right. Because right. I made it my business to understand every motherfucking thing about the G-spot. I yes, sir.
2: had this, I gotta Absolutely. tell this squirting story. I mm-hmm. had this when I, my ex-dominant, when I met him, the very first time we were together, and I said, I want to learn how to squirt. and He's like, why? Well, we're talking. He's like, yeah, I can do that. And I'm like, what? You know, like, <laughs> you know, I was just like, really? Yeah, yeah I didn't believe yeah. it. Uh, and sure as shit, like three times. And I'm like, and I did a podcast, and I'm like, how the fuck does this man know my mm-hmm. body better than mm-hmm. me he just right. he knew exactly what to do boom made it happen and i was
3: all of a sudden you were in a kiddie pool I uh, know.
2: Th- there was no dry spot on that bed and thank god yeah, awesome. thank god i we were in a hotel room it was the first time i'd we'd you know we'd had sex and i was just like well i'm leaving you know <laughs> <Yeah>. and you <laughs> can sleep in the wet spot i don't know where he slept at quite frankly because he's like you're not gonna stand like no you know I was like, no, I'm going to go. I I really need to, I I need time to process what just happened here in this room. Like, I did. I needed, it was so intense. I was just like, ah, I'd never experienced anything like that with someone like him, like with a doctor. Like, I I really was, I, I needed to get out of that room and reflect and like, Process. What the fuck just happened? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway. He
3: took you to a completely different plane, oh, right? Totally. Completely different plane. Yep. See, like there's women. There's women that I've had conversations with, and not necessarily sub, just women. I don't know how this happens to me. I always find myself in a conversation about sex. Yeah. But I've had conversations with women that were they were you know amicable to to the conversation. They've never had an orgasm from just having their nipples sucked. They've never had an orgasm from kissing. They've never had an orgasm from soft touch. They've never had an orgasm from uh-huh. having their toes I'm interested, stuck. I haven't so, either. <laughs> yeah, these are all things that yeah. are very possible. The women that I think have the most difficulty achieving these things on their own, or when they find a partner that's really engaging with them, are women that have had bad experiences in the past. Mm-hmm. where right. they're they're a little bit more like they're interested in the orgasm like they want to have sex they want to get fucked right but they're still kind of reserved with really letting go like they're not vocal they don't give in and they're like they want certain things in their mind mm-hmm. they're like you know oh my god I want you to turn me around and spank my ass as you plow me yeah, yeah. but they're not going right. to tell the guy that they're going to be like oh yes no missionary's perfect you're amazing and they're right. going to just eat that <laughs> meanwhile Open your fucking mouth. Tell that guy, hey, you know what? I guarantee you, my ankles go behind my neck. Get busy. Let's get it. And again, it comes back to communication.
2: Okay, so why is it so hot when you guys can answer this? Mm -hmm. When you're in that just subspace and when your dominant says, come for me, and your brain just fucking explodes and your body responds. Yeah. What the fuck mm-hmm. is
3: that? He's already connected with your mind. Right. I know. Your body is waiting for that command.
2: It's amazing. like
3: Because you're, you're physically holding it. You're uh, going to physically hold it. For an example, you personally, right? Yeah. Not getting too personal, but you personally.
2: You can get as personal as you want. Like
3: The what? orgasms that you've had from masturbation. The orgasms that you've had from having sex with someone and the orgasms that you've had when you both come at the same time. Which to you were more intense?
2: Right. Masturbate. We said, oh, when masturbating
3: both- on your own, yeah. right? Um, you guys are fucking and you come whenever you come, he comes whenever he comes. And then when you guys come at the same time.
2: Oh, that. Yeah. When we come. Mm-hmm. To-
3: Why? Because in your mind, what are you thinking? You think, oh my God, he's about to come. I'm going to feel all that come inside of me. It's going to be so hot. I'm going to feel that. He's going to this, he's going to that. Your mind is already prepping you for this yeah. guy to come inside. <coughs> right. And you're,
2: I, I'm gonna you're go even, worked up. Can I go even farther? And I do go even farther, but guess what? You're going to have to wait till next Saturday. Hey, I hope you're enjoying this episode. I had so much fun doing it. It was an amazing conversation. So many just... Friggin' nuggets that I pulled out of that was so great to sit and talk with these two men and listen to their perspective. I could eat them both up with a spoon. Hey, and by the way, I'm going to attach all of their links where you can reach out to these guys in the show notes. So if you need to access the show notes, you just go to the curious girl forward slash podcasts, and then click on this episode and you'll see the show notes telling you where you can go and how you can reach out to them. By the way, if you love this episode as much as I do, leave me a voicemail. Just go to the website, curiousgirldiaries.com. Click on the pink tab and let it rip. Let me know what your thoughts are. Okay, guys. Love you. Until next time, stay safe. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. And if you like what you hear, refer me to a friend. And make sure you're following me on social media.